Welcome to the Going Deeper podcast with Shane Dwyer. A chance to break open things that lie at the heart of the Catholic faith. Each month, Shane will be in discussion with a different guest who is seeking to live out their Catholic faith today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to our weekly podcast series on different aspects of living the Catholic Christian faith today. My name is Shane Dwyer and I'm your host throughout the series. Each month I'm joined by a different guest who bring their thoughts and experience to our discussion. So for this four-week period we're joined by Stephanie Rogers, the leader of Evangelization Brisbane's youth and young adults team. Steph brings to our conversation not only her own experience of seeking to live our faith today, but the many things she has learned as she works with young people who are seeking to respond to God. So today we continue to break open some of the implications of being called into a relationship with God, and today we begin to address that perennial part of living our faith. Why are the questions at least as important as the answers? So Steph, that's what we're focusing on today. It's lovely to see you again. Great to be here, Shane. And uh, and we'll be building on that a little bit and just sort of trying to, to wrestle a little bit with it. You know, what does it mean for people of faith to be, in a sense, as concerned about the questions as we are about the answers? One of the things that we were talking about in our, towards the end of our last session together was the whole business about scripture mm. and uh, why it's important and I think we suggested to people didn't we how they might like to pray with scripture yes you know, absolutely uh, yeah over the period of time well I suppose the, the perennial question then for people with when it comes to scripture is that we have an awareness that scripture brings truth mm. we believe this of course because scripture is the word of God and that scripture has been given to us for a purpose. I suppose just to get the ball rolling then, Steph, you know, in, in, the, in terms of your own life and your own ministry, how, how do you begin to talk to them about what scriptures are and what it is that they're trying to present? Absolutely. I think very simply, Shane, I would say that scriptures are, are God's story um, and they're our story as well that the scriptures are a way for God to communicate his own life to us, um, you know, his sons and daughters, his creation, the people he created. Um, and, and scripture really is that gift of revelation. Um, God reveals himself through the scriptures and helps us to understand God, to know God, to love God more deeply. Um, and that really is very much a, there is very much a consistent theme throughout the whole text, you know, God revealing himself and acting in order to redeem humanity i would say it's even a love story you know the story of salvation history is god pursuing and fighting for his people no matter how many times they wronged him or or broken our promise um it's god yeah relentless relentlessly still pursuing us and still loving us um no matter what we've done and i think it's really beautiful that 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 whole story is god slowly revealing to us um, in stages for that ultimate revelation, you know, 
the culmination of the person of Jesus Christ and and that mission that we are to continue. Uh, I think it's really interesting that the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. Yeah. That, you know, it was written over 1,500 years ago. There was 40 different authors and you can get the book in like 698 languages today. Um, We've had the Bible since the 4th century. So, like, there just must be some great truth in these scriptures for it to have such an impact and such a legacy throughout the centuries. Um, what are your thoughts around this scripture, Shane? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I, I don't think I could put it any better than you just did. I think, um, yeah, look, the scripture was formed over uh, an extended period of time and uh, and the early church, as it was wrestling with what was real scripture, what was real mm. word of God and what was stuff that they were going to leave behind. And it took them a while to do that, you know, to come up with what we call the canon of Scripture. Um, but I think, you know, your insight about, in a sense, it's God's love letter mm. uh, to us, which can seem strange to people because, you know, that you look at various events and things in the Bible and, yeah. you, and you sort of think, well, what's that got to do with us? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and how is it a love letter? I think the way that I think of it is this. You take something, I, I like looking at some of those quirky stories, particularly in the Old Testament. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of them. And I say quirky in as much as it's not immediately relevant to me why, or um, I can't immediately see why it's relevant to me. Uh, and then I think, okay, this is the Word of God. I, it must have some relevance. So what am I going to do with that? I look at something like, for example, the book of Jonah. Mm. You, you remember that story, don't you? you yes, know? <laughs> the whale. <laughs> the whale, you know, and you've got this prophet, you know, and, um, and he, he immediately, he, he doesn't want to do uh, what, what God's asking him to do, and, uh, and he runs away. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of think, you know, God, God is being depicted there as really patient, mm. you know, and, uh, and I look at that, you know, and people get sort of, you know, get wound up about it. They sort of think, oh, that can't have happened, you know, how could a human being, you know, live in the belly of a whale <laughs> and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I look at something like that and I use that as an example for the whole of Scripture. I look at that and I think it may not be immediately relevant to me. I've never had that experience, mm. you know, that uh, that Jonah had. And yet when I look at it, I think, I do that every day. You know, every day I'm tempted. Absolutely. Just to do my own thing. Um, perhaps there are times when I want to run away. Mm. You know, and, uh, and yet what I find in that story, I, I, I find... God never stopped loving Jonah. God never stopped. Um, God never gave up on him. Mm. Um, God got him to where he needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that in your own life, where where God just perseveres and still gets you to where you need to be? Oh, absolutely. Let me have a think. <laughs> Just think about that. Yeah. I put Steph on the spot there, everybody. 
But, you know, it's, uh, how about you just, as, you, as Steph's trying to work out, you know, what you want to say about that, think about it in your own life. You know, as you're listening to this, just the awareness of the patience of God and God bringing you to that place where he, he needs you to be even in spite of yourself. Because mm. I, I sometimes think, you know, these things aren't just true about us individually. They're true for us as a church. Yep. Sometimes we resist. That's right. What God's asking of <laughs> us. You know, and yet somehow God's will shall be done. And God plan, God's plan comes about. And that's what, you know, when I look at something like the book of Jonah, that's what I see. Absolutely. Yeah. When I remember when I was 18, I volunteered with this um, youth ministry volunteer organization where you give up a year of your life and you do youth ministry around Australia. And I, it was um, in the middle of the year where we had to, kind of make a decision or start discerning whether we wanted to do a second year mm. of volunteering. And I remember saying to God in my prayer time, I said, God, if you want me to do a second year of this, I need you to give me a sign. I was like, I want you to send me this black and yellow butterfly if that's what you want. And I even gave a time <laughs> limit. I was like, so within stupid. the hour, because <laughs> that's how badly I didn't want to do it, right? Yeah. I was like, Here's my small box of opportunity, God, um, because I really don't want to do another year of this. And within five minutes, this black and yellow <laughs> butterfly came in front of me and my heart really dropped because I was like, oh my goodness, God, you, you really came through there. But I said, I don't want to do it. Mm. And I think it was real, um, real... Uh, mirror of what free will looks like in a, in in life mm -hmm. and i remember telling a few people that story and they're like he gave you the sign you have to do another year and i said no i don't want to i just want to go home i want to i just want to go home i want to start uni and and do all these things so i ended up going home i uh you know started studying got a job locally and how many years later I think about four years later, mm -hmm. um, it's now 2019, mm -hmm. and uh, there was an opportunity with this um, organization, and they said, we want to send a group of alumni to South Africa. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they just kind of cast the vision for what mission over there would look like, and as soon as I kind of watched this re little recruiting video, there was just that stir in my heart yeah. and I really felt kind of God say to me through that stir of like, I'm, I'm calling you to go here. Now my plan for 2019 looked like I had been working in parish youth ministry for about four years in my local parish. I was ready for a holiday. I had planned to move to Italy with my best friend and we were just going to mm -hmm. live a great life in Italy on holidays. <laughs> and then, yeah, God just really, um, swung this in and presented me with this but my heart really knew that I needed to take up that opportunity um, so then there I was taking up the opportunity I volunteered a second year with this organization mm. and I remember when I kind of announced 
my friends on Facebook that I was you know go to going to go to South Africa. Uh, one of my friends who had been there with me on that first year said, "Hey, remember that butterfly? <laughs> this is it. This is your second yeah. year that God always wanted you to do." Yeah. And I thought, "Wow, like how really is a little bit like that Jonah story where mm. Jonah wanted to run away. Mm-hmm. Jonah wanted to mm. do what he thought." Um, was in his own plans and mm. God made a way and God made a way with me too through that. Yeah. And I don't regret it at all. It was no. one of the best experiences. I reckon that that expresses it really well about the way that, that, that God works. I think, because all the time with God, I mean, the fact that, that God was replied to your prayer like that and did it so quickly, um, I think God enjoys doing that sort yeah. of thing. You know, <laughs> okay, I'll show you, you know, that's fine. And uh, and God hears us, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we're not free. Mm. Hey? By replying to your prayer like that, God wasn't saying, "Now, Steph, there's only one thing you can do here." Yeah, hey? you you are you are a free daughter of God. You get to choose, but you get you 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 were able to choose knowing that God was taking you seriously, hey? that God was listening to you. Absolutely, and. All the time with God and God's plans, God's never saying, there's only one thing you can do here. All the time he's saying, okay, Steph, here's the information. What do you choose to do? And uh, and if he has really something that he really, he, he will make that happen. He will bring, that's what happens to Jonah. Mm. But God can only work with Jonah because Jonah loves God. Yeah. yeah. Even though Jonah was frightened and he was running away and he needed to take his time, God was still able to work because Jonah is a prophet of God mm. and Jonah loves God and God can see that so God gets him to where he needs to be. Yeah. And the same was true with you. Absolutely. And that that interplay between what God wants and our freedom is one of the biggest mysteries as to how that works. Absolutely. You know? I often say to people, I um, particularly young people, because it's it's younger people where they talk, they're thinking about what they're going to do with their lives, mm. you know, and uh, and it can be a big thing, you know, is God asking me to do this and God asking me to do that, and I can freak them out sometimes when I say to them, listen, as you stand before God, what do you want to do, mm. and just trust this, if God really wants you to do something. You know that there's just the just something that he's really got on his heart and is on his mind that he's wanting to communicate with you. Then, as long as you're open, God will show you yeah. what that is. You don't have to worry, you know, and get freaked out. Am I going to do the wrong thing or something? Because mm. if it is the wrong thing, as long as you do it in love and you're doing the best that you can, God can use that. Absolutely, absolutely. And that uh, learning about that that can be really hard. Well. This leads us then to uh, to uh, a particular passage of scripture because remember I said at the beginning, you know, um, the importance of um, understanding how it is that God communicates with uh, with us, and we see um, a particular story in the book of Genesis that really sets the scene for that. Would you mind reading that for us, Steph? They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Let me read that again. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, 
Where are you? So, Steph, look, here we are, and you know, everybody who's listening, here we are right back at the beginnings of our faith story. These opening stories in the book of Genesis have sort of become complicated uh, in the life of faith. Uh, in my experience, we end up having debates about whether or not it actually happened like this, mm. which are interesting debates to have. I remember as a, as a young teenager having those debates at school. Um, and they were, you know, I, I really went into bat for, um, you know, that these are historical, this is what they mean, you know, and all that. And, and, uh, and that, there can be important things that can be said about that. But what I've found over the years is that debate around historical accuracy causes us to take our eyes off what God is trying to communicate mm. here. That there's actually a more important question. Uh, and the more important question is, what is God telling us about ourselves and about him in these texts. Absolutely. So I'm going to put you on the spot there, Steph, with this. You know, how do you make sense of this text? How is it relevant? Well, I, I like to look at the context of the verses, Shane. I mean, before this encounter in the garden, Adam and Eve ate from the forbidden fruit. So they knew that they had betrayed God. Um, and I think that was possibly a part of them that felt like they couldn't walk with God anymore because of that. And I don't know if it's just me, but there's, I feel like there's always a part of me that feels really undeserving of God. You know, that I'm aware that I will always fall short of the glory of God. And maybe it's in our human weaknesses where we all try and hide from God um, in, in some shape or form, whether that's due to sin or due to misunderstood stereotypes of um, who we think God is. I think that's my experience with a lot of young people when they, you know, Adam and Eve possibly were afraid of how God might react. Um, and a lot of the people that I encounter see God in that light, that God's just out there to judge them and condemn them. I, but I think they misinterpret and, and don't see the whole story. You know, like when we read the whole story of scripture, yes, we see that there are moments where there's consequences for our actions, but there's also a God who doesn't give up on us and just leave us in in our sin and in, in those consequences. Again and again, he reaches out to his people. How does this connect with our topic for today, Shane? <laughs> I really don't know. Yes, I do. <laughs> the, uh, I think... You know, the most poignant thing about this text. So often we, we, we think of the life of faith or the, our lives as people of faith as being these are the things that we want from God or these are the questions we have for God. So, for example, when something doesn't go right in our lives, um, what's God doing? Where's God um, why am I having to put up with this? Or we look at our world and we see the same thing. You know, what's God going to do to help us fix it? You know, and the focus come, uh, goes on to 
what we hope for or require from God. And what I find most poignant about this passage of Scripture is that God has a question for us. Where are you? Mm. Um, You put it so beautifully there, you know. in In the story, Adam and Eve are depicted as wanting to hide from God. And I find that very poignant mm. that God already knew what they had done. It's not like that was news to him yeah. that uh, that they'd done something to go against their relationship with him, which is what the eating of the tree depicts, that, uh, that they'd chosen to do something that, um, that he'd asked them not to. All right. That so they've done something to, to in a sense mar that relationship. Mm. He wasn't surprised by that. Uh, it wasn't as if he didn't wasn't aware that it, it had occurred. But even though that had occurred, he showed up anyway. Yeah. He still wanted to walk mm. with them in the garden. That's right. You know, and I I find that amazing as I relate that to my own life. I look at my life and, and, and I think, you know, there are times when I have said and done things that I, I wish that I had not said or done. Mm. And yet God wants to walk with me anyway. That's right. The only thing that's stopping him is that I'm trying to hide. <laughs> mm. Absolutely. And that's why, that's why he asked that question, isn't it? You know, where are you? Will you show yourself to me? Mm. Why do you think we resist showing ourselves to God? Possibly the the fear of condemnation mm. or the fear of are we are we enough for God? Which is strange that we think that because he loves us unconditionally regardless of what we've done or who we are or um, what we achieve, like, yeah, we don't have to do anything for God to love us anymore or any less. Mm. Mm. And I think that that's often the battle. You know, I, I can't tell you the number of times people have wanted to talk to me about what they call Catholic guilt. Mm. And, and it's like the sort of the defining characteristic, apparently. <laughs> and, and I really got to say, to, we've got to get over that. Mm. I understand it. You know, that we have our ideals and our teachings and things that are important to us, and we really do need to pay attention to those. But guilt, I, each of us has got to pray through that. Mm. You know, you were saying there before so beautifully, um, God loves us unconditionally. And I, I sometimes think we don't know what to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think in this world, there's just so many types of conditional love mm-hmm. that we're just to have unconditional love is is beyond what we can comprehend. Um, I guess like a lot of in a lot of my work and even like you know in my own life growing up, like I where you should experience that unconditional love, if not from God, is you know from family, and that's not the case, unfortunately a lot of the time in this world. And so if we don't have any experiences of that unconditional love in our lives, how are we supposed to comprehend how God loves us if we've never experienced that before? And I think that's 
what really holds us back and just not understanding what that means or what that looks like that yeah we can god just loves us with no strings attached and that often too you know that where are you question no we were talking last time about you know the different ways that we pray mm. uh, and one of the things i said to you is sometimes like when i wake in the night um i'll i'll, I'll stop and pray even just until i drop off to sleep again or mm. i might get the rosary beads out or what you know whatever and uh or sometimes the scripture and um but I think of that desire to pray as so, in some level of my being, I've heard God ask me, where are you? Mm. And, uh, and, I, and I, I'm taking the time to respond to that. And yet it can be, you know, I reckon one of the hardest things that we need to resist is that fear that God doesn't want to hear from us mm. and that somehow we're not good enough. Yeah. Because... The answer to the first thing God doesn't want to hear from us is always God always wants to hear from yeah. us. The answer to the, the other part that we're not good enough, yes, we are not. Yeah. None of us is. Yeah. But God wants to hear from us anyway. That's right. Which is just miraculous <laughs> when we think about it. You know, that, that we, we shouldn't let our, our inadequacy, our weakness, even our failure stop us. Mm. from uh, reaching out to God. In fact, that's one of the things that Pope Francis is really strong on. If you listen to his homilies and just read some of the documents he's written over the years, you'll keep coming back to this point. Don't let your weakness be a reason to keep you from reaching out to mm. God. Actually, let it be the reason that you reach out to God. Absolutely. So that's what we're wrestling with here, everybody, is uh, how do we get around this? And, and, this, and this where are you question that, uh, that, that God brings us. And I find that such a poignant thing. And what I'd invite you to do, everybody, sort of over the next week or so, is as you're considering the fact that God loves you, don't get ever worried about whether or not you're good enough. Um, the short answer is that you're not. Mm. But that's all right. God loves you anyway. He wants to walk with you in the garden in spite of the fact that at times you struggle and in spite of the fact that sometimes you get it wrong. In fact, for the very fact that you do struggle and you get it wrong, he's wanting to come and walk with you uh, and show you the way forward. So, Steph, are you happy enough to leave it there for, uh, for this session? Absolutely. I, uh, I realise, you know, there were so many other things that we could talk about and we'll, we'll pick up on that next week. But, uh, but thanks for taking the time just to stop by and talk about some of these things with us today. My pleasure, Shane. Thanks, Steve. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the Going Deeper podcast. We invite you to take a moment to reflect on the following questions. What questions is God putting on your heart? What would you ask God if you could ask him anything? In what way has God spoken to you in this episode?